Hey guys, guess who's back? I feel like playing the Eminem tune. Guess who's back? Shady's back. <laughs> so I took, it's exactly one month since I released a podcast, um, which is a bit crazy because I promised myself, and this is a lesson for everyone within this podcast as well. I promised myself at the start of this year that I would release one punk podcast every week. Um, and I kept it up up until four weeks ago, but I had a bit of challenging times within my personal life. So just to let you guys know, you know, just because I wasn't on the podcast doesn't mean that I wasn't actually working on myself, if that makes sense. Um, so myself and my um, ex-partner broke up and um, it was just a long story, but I won't go into it here. It's not the time and the place to go into it. But basically, I needed to pull back on all unpaid work, which is like podcasts, blogs, different things like that, emails, and just focus on myself, my kids, my healing and my paid work, which was my Lean 30 fitness and my eight week girls as well. So um, by doing that, I was able to cope, able to heal, able to process everything and able to move on and move forward. Um, so I just kind of want to give you my experience in the last, um, let me see, it all happened around the 11th of April. It was all a bit very traumatic um, around the 11th of April. Yeah, so we're about six, seven weeks now um, since it happened. So what is different this time if this, if this scenario happened years ago? Well, if this scenario happened years ago, I would went into complete fight or flight mode. I would be running. I'd feel like I'd be mentally running from the situation and how I would do that is I would take on more work. I would bitch about the situation to everyone, anyone that would listen to me um, and that would be fueling the fire. That's what I would have done in the past. Um, you know, I would have been taking on more work. I wouldn't have been looking after myself. I would have went really crazy on the exercise, probably drinking a lot as well probably organizing that the girls come over and have drinks in the house and all that to kind of debrief and defluff and keep the drama rama going that's that would have been Krina years ago because uh, myself and my ex it's not the first time we broke up but this is the last time um you know we gave it a good go and it's just both of us are going in different directions and my values are totally different than they were years ago and we just don't fit each other anymore um so that would have been Krina years ago so I'm actually really happy, even though it was a bit messy and having to leave the house and all this jazz and find somewhere to live with the kids and different things like that, buy a new car. Oh my God, it was like my whole life got turned upside down. But I'm really happy of how I handled the whole situation. Obviously, clearly not the situation at the time. There were still one or two things where I'm like, mm, probably could have handled that a little bit better. But under the circumstances, I handled it pretty well. But definitely post the post drama of the whole breakup I think I handled it pretty well I'm really happy of how I handled it this time and I'm going to give you a few tips and tricks because this whole podcast is about how to bounce back but it's not just how to bounce back from a relationship it's how to bounce back from something crazy in your life right now that would normally cause you to feel stuck and we'll say getting a little bit depressed and a little bit down and a little bit into alcohol um, emotional eating and just can't get yourself out of that rut. This whole podcast is going to be about that. But there's lessons to be learned in every scenario, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job, um, loss of a job, whether it's a change of a job, whether it's something traumatic happening at home with the kids or something like that. Everything 
every lesson learned is transferable to every part of your life. It really, really is. And before I used to be like, really? How can you transfer this scenario to this scenario? And 39 years on, everything's transferable. Every lesson that you learn and every coping tool that you learn that's more that's going to posit- positively impact your life is going to be transferable to all areas of your life. So definitely what has helped me to be more in control of this situation and more solution based this time around with this breakup is I've that all the breathing work I've been doing on myself religiously every day like the big deep breaths the box breathing as I'm doing now has definitely grounded my nervous system and generally if we're in that fight and flight response and just kind of in that haze when the shit hits the fan it's generally our nervous system is whacked out of it and it feels like where someone is electrocuting us all the time and we don't know what direction to run in we're like a fox in headlights and we're just stunned but our bodies are very clever at making us distract ourselves from the actual situation. So previous to events like this, previous in the past is what I mean when I was kind of not really in control and didn't really have good coping skills. Previous to this, you know, I didn't really want to deal with 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 the event, especially if it was traumatic or if it was anyway, oh my God, what the hell am I going to do? I would deal with it and I'd be very solution-based but I'd go about it the wrong way. Like I'd do it, but then I'd be doing all stupid things on top of it. I'd get solutions for the situation, but then I'd be getting stuff on top of it, like drinking, maybe eating like loads of crap all the time, dampening down the actual real emotions. I'd be very practical and solution-based as in, okay, I need to do X, Y, and Z in order to live comfortably with the kids and blah, 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 blah. But when it came to my emotions, I was very good at dampening that down with alcohol, cigarettes, talking shite to people about this new situation, keeping the keeping the drama alive. Where this time around, I didn't say to anybody, only the people closest to me, where I reached out and I actually needed help. I actually physically and mentally needed help. And I reached out to the people closest to me And by golly, I got it tenfolds because I reached out to the right people rather than react and start bitching, shouting, roaring, reactive. And, you know, post post event, post breakup, I would have done that in the past and definitely doing what I done this time was the right scenario. I sat down, I collected myself and amongst all the madness, I was like, what do I need to do? What can I focus on right now that's going to make this situation better tomorrow and next week? And um, yeah, I reached out to my friends. They called over Um, you know, we got a solution base. We got things going. We got things in place. Um, my family were very good. All that jazz. I didn't bitch about the situation. I just said, look, it is, it is what it is. And one thing my brother said to me that really stuck with me. He was like, Krina, because he could hear it in my voice. You need to be strong now for your kids. He goes, you need to be the leader for your kids and you need to be strong. He goes and show them kids leadership that when the shit hits the fan with them when they're older in a situation like this, that they're able to deal with it effectively and not go doing something stupid to themselves. He goes, show leadership and show them who's boss. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Um, And I was like, grand. So that just reaffirmed to me that I need to be strong. Of course, I need to heal but I need to be strong and solution-based to get the solutions for my kids in order for us not to be living in complete trauma trauma for the next few weeks. Does that make sense? So that tip might help you guys as well. If you don't have kids, 
like think of yourself think of yourself so I spent the last few weeks healing my body I didn't go crazy with exercise like I normally do because if you go crazy with exercise on top of trying to heal your body from a really traumatic experience you're basically adding fuel to the fire like vigorous 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 exercise puts more pressure and more healing on your body so what I did this time around and I was really happy that I did do it I took a step back I took a week off from the lean 30 workouts and I kept the other work going because I didn't want the ladies to know anything what was going on because it wasn't their issue and they paid for a service and by golly they were getting a service and I just healed myself breathing going to bed early taking a nap during the day like really shuffling out my mindset I did lots of walking lots of breathing I healed myself healed myself before I was able to talk about it and before I was able to come back on here in a podcast and all that jazz as well I need to think about this you know where before I would have been very reactive and god knows what I would have come on a podcast and said and give out and blah blah blah, blah and kept the drama going some of my closest friends in Galway only found out about the situation this week because I just happened to mention it and um, I said you know I don't want to talk about it I don't want to give this airtime anymore it is what it is I'm happy out now it was the best decision and let's not give it airtime anymore you know I might have to repeat myself the same story all the time but that's okay I'm not bringing emotion into it or anger into it or resentment into it if that makes sense so how to bounce back guys from any situation okay so first of all I have four tips here that I want to give you and by the way I've recorded this podcast three times and each time I was like okay I don't really want to put out that podcast just yet because it's real personal. I'll wait for another while um, because I don't want to add fuel to the fire, a fire that I'm dampening down and still healing from the inside out. So the fur, before I get into the four tips of how to bounce back, okay, this is for you. This is for you personally. This is not for you and your family or you and your partner or you and your kids because if you start looking after yourself first, that's going to radiate out of you off you look at self-care is going to radiate out of you out to your partner and it's going to be like a domino effect and listen to this now nobody's coming to save you guys okay people will be there to help you if you reach out but at the end of the day you have to do the inner work you have to lay down the groundwork you have to lay down the baseline health for yourself nobody is going to do it for you There is people out there that will help, but be very careful who you choose with help, like I did when I was um, going through that bit of life events there a few weeks ago. I was very strategic in who I reached out and looked for help for because I didn't reach out to people that already had drama in their lives and that was looking for a distraction so they didn't have to look at their own shit. Does that make sense? So my drama would have been a complete distraction for them so they wouldn't have to deal with their own shit. But by me talk, by me feeding them drama, not only is it keeping my drama alive, but it's also distracting them from actually dealing with their own shit. Does that make sense? So there was very select people that I reached out to in order to help myself and the kids secure ourselves if that makes sense and um, it worked out really 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 well so what I would say is my first tip for you guys to bounce back is what is that my dog oh no it isn't I thought he was up in the chair beside me I thought I heard his tail going in the chair so what is familiar to you now that is not working in your life regardless if that's and to be honest guys It all comes down to you having a healthy mind and a healthy body. 
a good relationship all boils down to you having a healthy mind and a healthy body with yourself, a healthy relationship with yourself. If you have a healthy relationship with yourself, you are going to more than likely have a good relationship with a partner. If that partner is reasonable, which mine wasn't, you are going to more than likely have a good relationship with your partner and you can find a good level ground. If you if you start looking after yourself and you're changing for the positive and your partner's resistant, resisting even after a year or two, well then, you know, you need to look after yourself and I'm not going to guide you in that situation because I'm not a relationships counsellor, but you can see the wolf from the trees then at that stage that if everyone's not moving together and growing together as a team, well then you have to kind of look to see what's working and what isn't working, if that makes sense. If you have a good relationship with yourself and good boundaries with yourself and good values, core values, like really good core values, and I'll be honest, my core values... Um, I had to really work on them because my core values growing up as a kid were really messed up, like really messed up looking at mom and dad fighting all the time, breaking up and all that. And lo and behold, most of my relationships were like that up until I decided to, okay, we need to, we need to change this now. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, you have to look at your values as well and make sure that your values are really, really, really in line with who you are and who you want to become. And that means that, like, you know, what do you want out of a relationship with yourself? You have to be more compassionate with yourself um, controlled controllables. You know, what's familiar now that isn't working? You know what I mean? What is familiar? So what, what, what I mean by that is it's generally habits. It's your reactions. It's your day to day, um, your day to day reactions. What are you doing? that's causing you to feel stuck and caught in the same cycle. And that cycle could be really unhealthy um, for you and you want to get off it, but you just feel like you can't because you've been doing it for so long, you don't see any other way out of it. Does that make sense? So let's just bring it back to food. For instance, I have a client of mine and um, like she's, her her Friday, Saturday and Sunday has gone to shite every weekend, every weekend. And she goes, I log my food Monday to Thursday and then Friday, Saturday and Sunday, I'm gone to shite. And I said, OK, we need to look at a different metric because what you're doing right now is clearly working some a certain 60% of the week. And then the other 40%, which is Friday, Saturday, Sunday, is just not working for you. So logging your food for those days is not going to work because you've clearly switched off from that idea. So I said, why don't we change the metric? Why don't we forget about logging food now? If you want to log it Monday to Thursday, fine. How about we look at your sugar intake? Because it's really bothering her that she loses her life and loses her shit at the weekend with food and drink and sweets and everything. And it's making her tired, irritable, and she's just sick of the cycle. So I said, okay, obviously the metric that we're using now, logging food at the weekend, is not working. Why don't we use a monitor your sugar metric? And because um, she's very good at her steps and all that. And she goes, what do you mean? I said, why don't we do the sugar challenge that I did eight weeks ago with my members? Um, she obviously wasn't involved and she's a PT client and um, she must have missed it. And I said, stick within 30 grams of sugar and let's look at that metric. And that's naturally going to get you into a calorie deficit because you're naturally not going to be overeating on sugar and alcohol. So I said, what's familiar to you now is like free for all at the weekend you can't, once you eat sugar you can't stop once you drink alcohol you can't stop once you have a pizza you have all these other trimmings that you don't need so I said we need to change up the metric in order to bring awareness to your weekend and make the familiar unfamiliar and she goes what do you mean I said well what's familiar to you now is over consumption of sugar 
because uh, maybe you're restricting yourself too much at the, during the week, which she doesn't because I know her. She eats a bar of chocolate every day and stuff like that. So I said, in order for us to bring awareness to your weekend, we need to give you a different metric to measure. So let's measure sugar because she needs to be constantly kind of looking at something in order to bring awareness to certain areas, if that makes sense. Because logging her calories was just getting too triggering for her at the weekend. So what was happening was she was just overeating at the weekend anyway. So that might be something that's not familiar to her now, like um, monitoring her sugar, that she'll make familiar that will give her a positive, better outcome. And what's familiar to her now, which is overeating and everything at the weekend, will become unfamiliar. Now, her brain and her subconscious mind will want to resist this new habits that she's trying to create, like monitoring sugar. Of course, her mind is going to resist because your mind does not want to learn anything extra. It's comfortable having you comfortable because your brain is designed like this is why sometimes it's so hard to get into study. But then when you get into it, you've opened up that study field and you just feel like you'd stay studying all of the time. And then when you stop, you feel like it's hard to get back into it because your brain's like, OK, we've learned enough now. Let's stop now. I want to keep you in your new comfort zone of what you learned now. And let's take a break for a while. So your brain is designed to not want to be overworked all of the time. So this is why it's clever to create new habits really, really, really slowly and make the unfamiliar familiar slowly and not to go hell for leather too fast, too soon, because that's what might be causing you to feel stuck and you kind of feel like you're trying to always constantly bounce back. Are you completely restricting yourself or going hell for leather with exercise, going too hard, too soon, killing yourself in one week with five exercises that you've never exercised before and yet after doing five sessions, your body's sore, it's healing, your brain's like, screw that, this is painful, let's not do this next week because that's what's happening. Because your, your subconscious mind is always filtering out what's safe, what isn't, what's going to keep her safe, what's hurting her, what doesn't she like? And your brain is constantly sieving this out, your subconscious mind, and then your conscious mind is taking in the, act, the actual facts of going, should that exercise nearly killed her last week? Let's procrastinate her next week and make her not do the exercise because it's too painful. There's too much healing going on in the body. Should we have all of this other shit to deal with? Your brain is very clever. So I would ask yourself, before we get into these four tips now, of how to bounce back. And if you're constantly repeating a cycle and constantly repeating the pattern, what is familiar now that you need to make unfamiliar so you can get a better outcome? So for me, for instance, with my relationship, it was easier to go back to that same relationship because it was familiar. You know, I knew him. I knew his ways. Well, I thought I knew all of his ways, but I knew his ways. I knew what I was going to get when I went back to him again the third time. Like I knew what I was going to get in the relationship. And it's funny because our relationship went in a cycle of love bombing at the beginning where it was all dinners it was all dates and it was all give me everything that I fucking craved um you know and then the love bombing slowed off and then the date slowed off and then I was just left there again kind of trodden along in this empty emotionless space of a relationship hoping that it was going to get better and better and better and it didn't you know so and then we'd break up because the emotion was the emotion he was emotionally unavailable um so, you know, I, I'm always craved to go back to that familiarity because that's what I crave in um, a partner is the person that is emotionally available, that's able to give you hope and tell you everything's going to be OK, that's able to have a, a, 
a real deep conversation of life and how we're going to go about things to make things better. That's what I crave in a partner. But I keep on going back to the familiar with my ex because he used to give me that at the beginning. But that was love bombing. That was his personality, love bombing. And then he'd just turn into this kind of personality again that just ignored you for months. Um, so, you know, and this could, this I'm telling you this now because this could be the scenario with you guys for food with you guys for alcohol, you're going back to that familiarity for to feed a need in you. And that need may be only short-term fix, and it's not going to be a long-term sustainability. Um, it's not going to be like, it's not going to be sustainable long-term is what I'm trying to say. So you need to kind of really sit back and look of, look at why you could keep on going back to a certain object, food, drink, why are you going back to it? What need is that familiar, familiarity feeding that you're lacking in your life right now? So for me, going back to my ex, it was that that bit that I always got at the beginning with him. Do you know, the love bombing, the emotional connection, that, that bit that I craved in a partner, I always got at the beginning. But that was his way of reeling me back in. You know what I mean? But I, I'm only after copping that now. <laughs> Like eight years later, three breakups later, I'm only after copping that now because I've more awareness around the mindset, more awareness around me and what I'm actually looking for and what need was I looking for to get met when I used to go back to that relationship and why why wasn't that need met during the relationship after the love bombing period? I'm only after spotting that now. <laughs> so, you know, don't be sitting here going, oh, I always fuck up my diet. I always mess up this. I always mess up a relationship. We keep on going back to the familiar, even when it hurts us, because it's an, a need that we need met. And once you kind of figure out that need, you know, you could have a bit more compassion for yourself then and go, oh my God, I get it now. Sorry, my son is roaring at a game here in the background. It annoys the crap out of me. He's another few minutes now and I'm plugging out the internet after this after this podcast. This is what I have to do in this house. But um, so you need to really look deep and ask yourself, why are you keep going back to the unhealthy familiar for a short term buzz, if that makes sense? So, for instance, it was me and my relationship. I kept on going back to him for the love bombing because that's the connection that I wanted. For me with alcohol in the past, I was going back to excessive alcohol, even during times like my traumatic breakup, which I'm going to call it because it pretty was. Um, I would have went back to alcohol to dumb down, uh, numb down the emotions rather than actually have to deal with my actual healing process and let it happen. And during that healing process, I was able to actually without broadcasting it to the world and actually drama rama around it, it gave me the space I needed to actually figure out what happened there. Why do I keep on going back to that type of personality at the beginning, the middle and the end? What need am I looking to get met there that I keep on going back? What need in me? And my relationship, I told you exactly what it was. With the drink, it was dulling down emotions so I didn't actually have to deal with all the extra um, trauma that was there from deep rooted from when I was a kid upwards but actually when you start emptying it out it's actually easier and it gets easier and easier and easier to empty it out which is really cool um, but it's just that initial empty out is really hard for some people so I would definitely say talk to a professional for that I'll be trained in my RTT rapid transformation therapy hypnotherapy soon guys so I'll be able to sort you with that as well 
Um, kind of doing it during these podcasts anyway, I suppose. If you keep on going back to excess food when you're not even that hungry, what emotional need are you filling with that temporary, um, temporary filler of food and sugar? What are you actually feeding? Is it loneliness? Is it fear and anxiety? And like, guys, you know, I could totally bring loneliness into it. And I know what that feels like because I've been single often, more often than not. But like, we have to step outside our comfort zone if it's loneliness, especially during these strange times, like in 2021, we're still in strange times, that some people feel isolated and lonely. You need to make what's familiar now unfamiliar. Step into the unfamiliar, the unknown. Get on Zoom calls, get on virtual dates, get on coffee dates with your friends. Get yourself out there and not make yourself feel lonely. Get on to groups like mine, running groups, fitness groups, where you're showing up and you're checking in with someone every month or every week or whatever you want to do on a PT session. Have that outlet. You know, I have the girls coming over here to my house Friday to do hair. We have a hairdresser coming to the house. Why? Because... I know I'll be lonely come Friday. The girls like, oh, just come to my house. I said, why don't you come to my house and we'll go down and we'll get one or two takeaway cocktails while we're doing our hair and we'll make it a social outlet because I know that they need the social outlet as well as me as well. So let's make a girly event out of it. You have to make things happen. You have to make things happen by taking action and looking for a need to be filled in other healthy ways rather than using unhealthy ways like alcohol, drugs, sleeping tablets, all of this jazz, which are great temporary plasters, but they're not going to work long term. You need to figure out what the hell is going on. What is familiar now that needs to be made unfamiliar? Unfamiliar, and believe me, in order to make the New habits familiar are the unfamiliar familiar because we have to step into that unfamiliar, which can be sometimes scary, sore, um, you know, especially if we're doing workouts and stuff like that. Of course, you're going to have that little bit of healing process from the workout. It's sore. I don't want to go back and do it again. But that's why I advise if it's exercise you're stepping into and it's unfamiliar, take your time and go slowly into it. Don't overwhelm your body. It's not a case of no pain, no gain. That's bullshit that's gone out the window, especially when we're at my age group, at late 30s, 40s, 50s. We're fucking healing a lot of shit inside our bodies. At some stage down through our lives, someone fucked us over. Something, something, some sort of trauma stuck inside our body. So we have to remember that. And bear in mind, ladies, if we have unresolved emotions inside our body, when we get our menopause, apparently so, this is a thing. When we get our menopause, all these unresolved emotions start cropping up in our body in pain, in bad heavy periods, in bad menopause. Everything seems to crop up out of the cells. Trauma is deep-rooted into our cells and we've billions of cells. So imagine that each cell has a little brain of its own, which it doesn't, by the way, but it has a little kind of feeling of its own, if that makes such. And each cell can hold on to trauma. And I'll give you an example how to get rid of that now that I thought of with my client today on the call. And I was like, oh my God, that's so clever. How did I come up with that? So now is the time to be working on ourselves. If it's exercise, step into it slowly. Please get a coach that's not going to kill you. Even if you do one or two sessions with me, even if you come on a call and I'll guide you as a consultation call or whatever, I'll guide you the right way to step into new exercise that you're not going to over um, over stress out the body even more, especially if there's a lot of healing processes going on. If you're stepping into releasing weight off your body and you know you need to do it 
and you're like, oh my God, what am I doing? I need to make the familiar, which is not prepping food, uh, convenience food, takeaways, emotional eating, dampened, filling your belly with, with food rather than like letting the emotions up out of your belly because that's where they're stuck. You know, you need to make that unfamiliar because it's not fucking working for you. And you need to start making the, we'll say, if you're looking at me online going, Jesus Christ, Queen is awful healthy. Lads, I was, I was ye at one stage. I was totally off the rails at one stage, totally stuck, totally a loose cannon. Like I've worked on myself for years, girls, and I'm still going to be working on myself to the day I die. But I started somewhere as well. Put one foot in front of the other and get out walking. Start with one meal at a time and master that until you have three I three breakfast ideas over a space of four weeks. The next month you have four lunch ideas that you can go to even on your busiest days that's nice, feeling healthy. You have four dinner ideas the next month. All of a sudden that's four months in. It takes 12 months, guys, to build up sustainable habits that will stick. So don't be fooling yourself with quick fixes. It takes 12 months. It really, really does. Um, You know... Give yourself compassion and look in your life now. And that means sitting down and really looking at your life from a higher level, a spiritual level, an inner level. And what is not working now? What am I doing every day? Because whatever is in your day-to-day routine is causing you to feel stuck. It's something that you're doing on autopilot, which you don't even feckin' know you're doing, that's making you feel stuck. And um, that takes practice. Now, let's get into the four steps because I don't want this call to go on any longer than at least 40 minutes because your walk is around that time. So four ways to bounce back. Okay, four tips. Obviously, the unfamiliar and all that, get onto that. Now, this is if you went through a little bit of a, a time of your life or a bad weekend or a breakup or something happened in your job or someone said something to you and really upset you or you're fighting with your partner or whatever. This is for you. This is inner work for you. Number one. Make your self-esteem stable because we are very quick in saying to ourselves, oh, you're not good enough. Oh, what the fuck do you say that for now? Do you know, oh, maybe I should go in there now and kind of, um, if you're fighting with your partner, maybe I should go in there and stand my ground and roar and shout and, and this, is, this is what I want and blah, 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 blah. Look after yourself first. There's nothing more unattractive than a girl roaring and shouting. What's attractive is a girl that's stepping back, thinking about things, Counting to 10 before she shouts and actually thinking about and going, hold on a minute here now. What is going on here? So try not to make your self-esteem context dependent on your actual situation right now. So what does that mean? Make your self-esteem stable, not context dependent to your situation right now. Just right now. So it could be like after the weekend that you went off and you lost your shite. You maybe you're out with the girls and you're really drunk and you can't remember the night and you're feeling really guilty and ashamed on a Monday morning, which this guilt and shame leads to overeating, emotional eating, embarrassment. Lads, we all do it. There's no need to put your self-worth and your self-esteem um, on a, a 24-hour basis of what you just did with alcohol. No. If that's not who you are normally, there's nothing to worry about. Move on, forget about it and move on. Um, let's just say it could be that you hopped on the scale and you're up seven pounds after falling off the wagon for two weeks, you know, excuse me, don't set your standards and your self-esteem on hopping on the scale on a number. If you had to deal with life for two weeks and maybe just kept yourself tipping along, surviving for two weeks, that is okay. I did that for two weeks back in April myself. I did what I had to do to make myself feel good for two weeks without overexerting myself. 
that is okay. It's only temporarily once you know that you're aiming and you're slowly building yourself back up to get back up to that level of performance that you are at, that's okay. If you're planning on staying there and feeling stuck, that's not okay. This is why you're listening to this podcast. It's okay to feel stuck for every now and again temporarily, knowing that this is only a temporary setback and a blip, but you're going to get back to that optimal performance that you are at. That's okay. Um, How you make your self-esteem stable is when you encounter a setback, it's tempting to let it shape the way you see yourself not others, the way you see yourself and don't matter and don't mind what anybody else says to you in the heat of an argument or the heat of anything else who wants to put you down to make themselves feel better. Hand them back their own shit and visually hand them back their own shit and don't take that on because that's not the truth. So for example, if you feel a relationship has ended badly, you might conclude that you're not as attractive as you thought or maybe that you couldn't offer everything that he wanted, although you were giving him the sun, moon, the stars, or he or she. If you don't get a job and you want, if you didn't get a job that you wanted, then you might start to believe that you weren't intelligent enough for this job. Your internal critical voice may start saying you were not good enough. So we all have that internal voice, yeah? If you read The Chimp Paradox, he calls our subconscious mind the chimp, which is always there to drag us down. It's like if we start to get high out, it's like if we, do you ever get like really, your really good performance with your job and everything and that little inner voice, someone just says something to you and that inner voice like, yeah, listen to them. You're not good enough for that. You need to dampen down that inner voice because it's always going to be there and it wants to keep you small because it doesn't want to have to learn loads to step you into a new comfort zone. So just remember that, that little voice needs to be hammered down. Play a game with it. Go, yeah, yeah, just not today, dude. Yeah, piss off. Today I'm being this person. Now go away. You're not getting your time today in her voice. Um, you know, and just try not put your self-esteem and your worth on heated arguments or something that was said off the cuff that's maybe putting you down in order to make themselves feel better. Don't take that on board. Don't take that on board at all accept the situation that you're in right now accept it for what it is this is what it is reflect on it and learn from it and come up with an action plan so accept that whatever situation you're in that's calling you to feel stuck or if you're on the same cycle or pattern again accept it because acceptance is brilliant because that means that you're willing to move on and you're willing to make the familiar unfamiliar Reflect on it and go, all right, what happened there now that made me go back onto that pattern? Really look from within and what need was I looking to get met in that relationship that did that they presumed that they were going to meet, but they didn't. And they lured me in with this presuming that they were going to do it. The same way with food, the same way with alcohol, the same way with friends. Some friends lure you in to use and abuse you in order to make them set their self-worth increase. So just be careful. So reflect on situations learn from them and take an action plan going forward to going right what am I going to do different I may come across I may encounter the same situation again but it mightn't be as bad because I'm aware of certain things now I'm aware of my actions I'm aware of my reactions I'm aware of how I conduct myself in that situation I'm going to be aware of it because when you have awareness you're powerful when you don't have awareness you're a loose cannon and you're dangerous you know um next step or next tip Oh, where am I gone there now? Woo. I'm gone too far ahead. So the next tip is tip number two is, and I want you to imagine that you're giving yourself a big, massive hug for this tip. Okay. See yourself as you would other people. 
and give yourself a big massive hug. A big massive hug right now while you're listening to this podcast. I don't care if you're out walking to work, who cares? Just kind of rub your arm a little bit and give yourself a big hug and say you are fucking brilliant. And the old age, treat others the way you would like to be treated, is usually applied to situations where you need a reminder to treat others with compassion or fairness. Nevertheless, it is equally applicable when you encounter a significant setback in your life. Ask yourself how you would view and behave towards a friend who is facing the same roadblock. You know, for instance, with me and my relationship, my mother would be like, I told you so. That's not what you want to hear when you're going through a crisis. Ah, if you listened to me eight years ago, you wouldn't have moved to Dublin. You wouldn't have been in that situation. He wouldn't have taken away your life. That's not what you want to hear. That's why I didn't call on those people when the shit hit the fan. I called on the people who I knew would just come and just be there without even me having to talk or even explain myself and just be there. Make cup of teas. Like I called on the people who I knew would be really beneficial to me and it worked. Um, so like in all, in all, and I would do the exact same thing for them. I'd be over to them tomorrow morning, but what you need, whatever, hopes, reassurance, the whole shebang, because that's what you need. You don't need someone telling you, I told you so. Oh, you're back on the scale again. I told you so. You put on weight again. Sure, no wonder you're eating yourself into a hole at the weekend. Piss the fuck off. We don't need to be listening to people like that. And don't surround yourself with people like that because they're going to drag you down and make you feel worse. So don't even entertain them. Don't even bring up the subject to these people. Don't bring it up. Don't open that avenue and give it airtime because that's making you feel stuck as well. Um, In all likelihood, you'd offer a lot more kindness and understanding than you're offering to yourself right now. You'd offer more kindness to your friend than you would to yourself. If that's you, you need to give yourself more compassion. More compassion, more hugs, more look at your feckage. It happened. I'm going to try dig deep, figure out why I went back to that situation again, why I'm feeling stuck again on a Monday. I'm going to dig deep and face it. And exactly what I said earlier on is um, ex- like accept it. Accept what happened. Reflect. You have to reflect. There's no point just sitting there fucking roll or a bed of roses and everything's rosy and sure to be grand. And next thing you roll into the next weekend to do the same again. No, because that's you're making the familiar even more familiar. No, that's not what we want. Reflect, learn and take action. So give yourself more compassion. See yourself as you would other people. Um, number three. There's only one more left, by the way. Conduct an inventory of your strengths and what comes easy to you. So what do I mean by that is when the shit hits the fan and it's a Monday morning, so <clears throat> for me it is, I know what my strengths are. I'm really good at troubleshooting. Like if the shit hits the fan, I'm like, okay, practicality, what needs to be done now to get me from A to B more efficiently and safely so I can continue on my life. I'm very good at that practical stuff. And I wouldn't have thought that would have been a strength of mine. But going through a lot of stuff down through the years, it obviously is. I'm delighted with that. So I'd be fucking deadly in companies troubleshooting with the shit is fan, right? We need to do X, Y and Z to get us over this hump. And then we need to figure out how we can put a dam up that this isn't going to happen again. Do you know what I mean? And that if it does happen again, it's a smoother ride and a smoother sailing point next time. Do you know? Um, so you need to make an inventory of your strengths. So like, what are your strengths? Okay, if it's emotional eating at the moment and that's one of your weaknesses, that's okay. But what are your strengths? What comes easy to you that you can do that makes you feel good? Make a list. Make a list right now. If you're sitting down, get a biro. If not, make a list in your head. Make a list on the phone in the notes. Pause this now and make a list in your phone. What are your strengths that makes you feel good? So give an example. 
with my experience the last few weeks when I was healing for four weeks, what could I do that made me feel good? Okay, I knew my strengths were start fixing things out, house, forms, everything that I need to fill out. Just do that now and get it out of the way. And then the healing process that came easy to me for my mental space was walking, breathing, going back to bed during the middle, in the middle of the day if I needed to go back to bed and just lie there and let my mind rest. And I knew that that came easy to me. I knew that showing up to my fitness workouts online was easy, but I needed to slow down and go really slow and take it easy and don't be using exercise as my, um, as my we'll say, release of stress. Um, but then my body was in turmoil trying to heal from the exercise, let alone the internal stress. Does that make sense? So make a list of your strengths. What are you good at in when the shit hits the fan or on a Monday morning when you feel like you're back to the same scenario again? Whatever you're good at, make that work in your weekend as well. Whatever you're good at Monday to Friday, bring that into your weekend. What do you do not bring it into your weekend? If that's out walking, if that's doing yoga, if that's out meditating or listening to the birds or walking to your happy place, which is my place, which is the beach, why are you not doing that at the weekend? Because clearly what you're doing at the weekend is not working for you. Either you're not voicing up and going, you know, I don't want the extra wine. You're not commanding yourself properly. That's sneeze, sorry. Excuse me. Hat sneeze. You're not commanding your brain properly. You're just, you're commanding yourself really well with your thoughts and your images and your words and your plans Monday to Friday. But then come the weekend, you're letting somebody else sail your fucking ship. And you know who you're letting your sail your ship? Your subconscious mind, which is your chimp, which is, I think it's called System 2 in the current book that I'm reading. And um, Thinking Fast and Slow, which is, oh my God, I love this shit. Of course, I'm going to be sharing it on the podcast. Um, so, you know, you need to take control so whatever you're good at Monday to Friday bring that into your weekend and look at other downtimes that comes easy to you that makes you feel good and guys the sun is coming in here in the window and it's so nice okay the last tip guys so it has to be easy so what I'm saying is if you're listening to this podcast and you're starting from scratch like you're literally starting with walking you're literally four or five stone overweight or maybe you're coming back from a healing process like I was and you're scared to go outside the door for a walk, what I would say is this is what you need to do for the first week. Put your runners out where you can see them. Put your runners on and go out Go out to the bin the first day and come back in. Just go outside that door and come back in. This is how small micro habits build up to be proper, massive, really good habits. That's all you're doing for the first day is putting on those runners and going out to the bin and back. The next day, put on those runners, put on a jacket, go out to the gate of your house and back. But the next day, put on your runners, go out to the end of your road and back. The next day, go out, put on your runners, your jacket, whatever. Say to yourself, God, this is great. Sure, I'll go down now and I'll go as far as the next roundabout outside my house or the next tree or whatever. Whatever is your little anchor and come back. That's how you build up habits. Guarantee you after a month, you're probably walking about 5k a day. Because you made your brain... No, you let your mind know and your subconscious mind know that, yeah, I want to create this healthy habit, but I need to do it in a safe manner that I'm not going to overwhelm my body and my mind. I'm not going to get overwhelmed that I'm not going to go out the next day. Because if you make it too hard, your subconscious mind is like, Jesus Christ, clean out. No way. That's making you painful. That's giving you. No, we're not doing it. So you have to slowly do it. If you asked a baby to run before it crawled, it probably wouldn't get out of the cot. <laughs> wouldn't get out of the cot no no way 
So make it easy for yourself. Last one, guys. Last one. Protect yourself against extra stress. This is a biggie. Now listen up now because I'm going to finish on this one. This is a biggie. This is a biggie. If you... I'll actually read what I've written down here now first. Finally, you need to do a bit of damage control when it comes to facing setbacks. Make sure you don't add any more negativity or difficulty to your life while you're trying to manage your own stresses at the moment. So I'll read that again. Make sure you do, you do not add any more negativity or difficulty to your life while you're still trying to figure out your own shit. Look out for people who might be looking to drain your resources, pulling and dragging out, yeah? <clears throat> that means you have to say no a lot while you're healing, you say no. Decline invitations or requests if they do, if they won't actively help you replenish you. In addition, cut back your workload where possible. Now I'll read that again. Decline invitations or requests if they won't actively help to replenish you. In addition, cut back your workload if at all possible. Let me give an example. So, um, people pulling and dragging out yeah, in work. Oh, Karina will do that. Karina will do this. She knows that. She'll do that. And then you're not getting any of your own work done because you're trying to sort out other people's shite because you've allowed them to do that for so long. You need to start saying, I'm sorry. If you're not used to saying no, what you could say is, um, yeah, I've no problem in helping you doing that, but just not right now. I have this deadline to do. So maybe come back to me again and I'll see how I'm fixed. You're not saying no. You're just rewording fuck off in a different way. <laughs> Excuse my language. You know, you're just saying piss off in a different language that makes it easier for them that they didn't get rejected as well. Another example of this is like for me, when the shit hit the fan a few weeks ago, my natural response to trauma and traumatic events was take on more work so I don't have to deal with my emotions or what's going on. So I recognize that trait in myself. And this time around, I was like, no, I rang around everyone. I need to ring around and work. I rang around all my instructors. I didn't tell anyone what was going on. I just said to my instructors, I need a week off. Who can cover all these days? Boom, it was done. Didn't even have to explain myself. Um, I didn't have to explain myself to my eight week girls because I kept them going because I just did. Um, I didn't take on any new work. I updated my website. I did all the necessary changes I had to do. Um, because I knew I physically and mentally would not be able to take on new work, new clients, nothing. I cancelled all my sessions, my one-to-one sessions for a week, and I just zoned out and minded myself and my kids and started figuring things out. I got, I went into solution-based um, problem-solving. What do I need to do now that I know that's going to benefit me and the kids next week? And if that's paperwork, blah, 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 I need to do that now. Who's the relevant people I need to contact in order that I can make this transition safely, swiftly, effectively and get it done out of the way so it's not lingering on? And yes, that's making phone calls that you don't want to make sometimes, but have to be done. So what I mean by not bringing extra difficulty, negativity into your life is I could have easily went out and been really dramatic about it. Oh my God, we're after breaking up again. I can't believe he did that to myself and the kids. And oh, la, 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 la. Telling every fucking Tom, Dick and Harry that I saw. Number one, that's not helping my healing. Number two, that's not helping the situation. Number three, that's giving fuel to the fire that needs to be put out. You could be the same on a Monday morning. Oh my God, my diet. Oh my God, my weight. Oh my God, I'm up more pounds again. Oh my God. You're adding fuel to the fire. That fire needs to be put out. 
Stop giving it oxygen. Stop giving it fuel. Stop giving it air. Stop talking about this weight and be solution-based. Sort your shit out at the weekend. As hard and all as it bloody is, sort your shit out by doing one weekend at a time or even start off... If you start your shy-talking, shy-talking, that's a Galway word, I think. If you start your shy-talking of a Friday evening, manage your Friday evening a bit better. Then the next weekend, manage your Friday evening and Saturday morning a bit better. Then the next weekend, you manage your Friday evening, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon a bit better. Then the next weekend, you add on another few hours and another few hours the next weekend. Do you get what I'm saying? Slowly but surely, you're sorting your shit out. But see, what us women like to do is we want to do everything all at once and make a hymns of everything. And then we get overwhelmed. And then our subconscious mind wants to bring us back and resists the, resist the unfamiliar and brings us back to what's familiar because that's safer. They think that's safer. Your mind thinks the unhealthy is safer for you because that's what you've trained your mind to think for the short-term happiness fixes that you get in alcohol, wine, sugar, sweets, arguments, making and breaking up, all that bullshit. Do you get what I'm saying? I hope you do because this podcast is a bit long now and you need to stop. So that's it, guys. Make that familiar unfamiliar. Look in deep. What exactly need are you trying to fill by going back to traumatic experiences and the same scenarios what need are you actually looking to get filled that you're not actually getting filled you're getting the opposite effect what emotion are you dampening down with your food and your alcohol and your drinking that you're just not facing it could be a case that you're not confident enough that you're not speaking your mind at home in the workplace and then all of this is bottling up inside you and then you're using drink and alcohol as a sense of release but it's only temporary release and a temporary plaster and you still have to deal with all those inner emotions there's a lot going on But come back, I'm going to leave it at this, come back to my tip two and mind yourself, give yourself a hug, see yourself as you would others and look at yourself as a 12 month project. And when you start sorting yourself out from within, because nobody's coming to save you, not even your partner, and don't be expecting them to come and save you, you have to save yourself first with the help of other people that's going to be really positively um, impacting your life positively, not dramarama. And then when you start looking after yourself and you start beaming radiance, that's going to spill out into your family life, into your personal life, into your partner life and into your job. But I'm going to do a podcast next week on how to deal with negative people and I'll leave that until next week. But between now and then, mind yourself, look after yourself, make a list of what's familiar now and what needs to get unfamiliar so you can make yourself feel unstuck and bounce back. You mu- now, I'm not going to say the next experience that you're going through that you're going to bounce back as quick as you'd like, as I did from this. I'm years bouncing back from stuff and this time it was quicker because I had the tools in my toolbox, self-care tools in my toolbox that helped me. I'm not saying that I'm healed. I'm not saying that I want to call them a bollocks every two minutes of the day. I could if I wanted to, but I'm just not giving them that airtime. I'm not giving the food the airtime. I'm not giving the alcohol the airtime. I'm giving myself and my kids the airtime and actually sorting ourselves out. And that's not saying I'm an angel. I'm not talking about things of offloading here and there where I need to. I still am doing that with the right people, but in a safe way where I know that I'm not going to have to continue it on. It's that makes sense and give air to the fuel, to the fire that's going to explode up, if that makes sense. So guys, I hope that helps. Obviously, the biggest thing as well is breathe deep. They're my tools. My tools I have in my toolbox is my breathing. Breathing deep every day, relaxing the nervous system from the inside out. 
not giving the drama the airtime. Be very careful who I pick and choose and who I speak to and look for the help. Um, minding myself, not taking on too much workload until I heal um, slowly and then get back into optimal performance. Does that make sense? And not feeling guilty and giving myself lots of compassion that I am doing really well and that it's only a blip and it's okay. And not to be rushing into other things that are going to look like it's going to give you a plaster. Like for me, look, I'm not going to say that I'm not shopping online to see what's out there just to test the waters, but I'm not jumping into another relationship. And I'm not looking to like, I'm not looking to get back or replace what I just lost. Because what will happen is unless I start healing myself from the inside, I'm only going to be looking in the wrong places again and getting the same thing back. If that makes sense. You guys are the same. Don't be looking for crazy diets all the time because if, you, if you've been on silly, stupid diets all the time and you're not on them now, clearly they didn't work for you and you're only looking for a plaster and a distraction. So you don't need to do that. Like you just, you don't need to be looking for different diets all the time for, as a distraction to actually deal what you need to deal with and that's look for a balanced way of living, which is actually grounding yourself first with breathing techniques, walking, taking it really slowly, going meal by meal, like day by day, you know what I mean? And like getting the right people to help you do that and reach out to me. My next eight week course is starting again um, at the end of June. And like it's it's sold as a weight loss course. But to be honest, it's a complete mind and body rewire of how to effectively deal with these challenges and not be like losing your rag and losing your SH1T and reverting back to looking for diets to fix you and stuff like that. So reach out to me. Uh, email hello at queenaduffy.com, Instagram queenaduffy.com, Facebook. I do answer people back. I don't leave people hanging. It might take me a while, but I do answer people back. So reach out to me. And as always, if you enjoyed this podcast, pass it on. If someone needs to hear this, maybe pass it on to them. It might be the best thing ever that you would do for them. Um, share it on your social media, whatever. Tag me, take a screenshot, whatever. I'd only love it, girls. And that's it. Thanks for listening. Next week, we are going to cover how to deal with negative people.